Welcome to Subscribing to Wellness, the show where Rachel Newman and myself, Daniel Fairman, sit down with leading founders, executives, and investors committed to building a healthier future for consumers. Today's episode is brought to you in partnership with Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 because I wanted to see what the hype was all about. Now, I literally can't miss a day. It's the first thing I put in my body every single morning. As someone who suffers from IBS, AG1 has completely improved my gut health and allows me to have sustained energy throughout the day. And since I'm always on the go, the travel packs make it so easy to stay consistent wherever I am. Love it. I've personally been taking AG1 for a while. And as someone who lacked a multivitamin routine, AG1 has been the perfect product to mix into my morning routine. Truthfully, I was a skeptic at first as I'm with most supplements and vitamins, but I've felt noticeably better at the start of morning workouts and definitely have seen an improvement in my digestive health. I tend to mix my AG1 with two tablespoons of lemon juice and coconut water, and it's delicious. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash STW. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash STW to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Today on Subscribing to Wellness, we are joined by Lucas Kraft, co-founder and CMO of Wonderbelly. Wonderbelly is a real medicine that fights heartburn, acid indigestion, and a sour belly with the same effective, active ingredients as many of the leading brands and free from talc, dyes, artificial sweeteners, parabens, and genetically modified ingredients. Wonderbelly is not only focused on developing clean and effective digestive health medicine, but also working to destigmatize conversation around digestive issues and related topics. Lucas, welcome to Subscribing to Wellness. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing very well. Thanks so much for joining. Uh, I've really been looking forward to this conversation. Was really excited to see you when you guys launched Wonderbelly. Um, would love to go into your background. I know you've had some personal health challenges that have really led you to kind of desire to start this company. Um, but would love to take it back and really just hear like your story and what got you excited about starting Wonderbelly. Yeah. Um, well, any chance to talk about myself, I will gladly take. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, uh, Wonder Belly uh, means a lot to me, not just because it uh, is a job, but it also is a product that I consider myself a super user of. Um, and it all like the the way I usually tell the story is Wonder Belly, the, the name, the brand that came about in 2020 but really it started when I was 15 years old um I developed an eating disorder bulimia uh which 
you know, anybody at any stage of life, that's difficult. Uh, I can't say like it was more difficult than me than anybody else. That's just not the case. It's um, but being a boy in high school, it was challenging to even identify what it was. I'd never really been exposed to a lot of information on bulimia. Um, I had never heard of another man experiencing bulimia. You know, at that time when I was in high school, uh, eating disorders felt so gendered um, and really missed. Uh, you know that like that's just a a complete falsehood but it, at the time it's just that's that's what it, it had been presented to me mm -hmm. um so once i finally like somebody literally i explained to somebody this this thing i do where if i eat too much i'll i'll i'll, I'll purge and they explained that's an eating disorder and it sort of was like oh my god that that is it's I can't tell anybody about that. And so I kept that locked away and suddenly it started to, it became part of my, my personal, like internal identity. And I was felt so alienated from people. If they ever found out, what would they think? And so, you know, I, I struggled with it for a while because it's not like it, it would go away on its own. And in fact, it progressed, it got worse. Um, and finally in my mid twenties, I made it through high school. I made it through college, but in my mid twenties, it had gotten to a point where, um, I really had to find a solution. I really had to stop. Um, it was starting to really impact my life, impact uh, my health. And uh, fortunately, I, I knew what resources I could use um, to recover. And I had support. And uh, I was able to start my road to recovery and fully recover. Um, but by that time, I'd done lifelong damage to my digestive system um i Got developed it. yeah thank you thank you so much for sharing that um and i guess just going kind of back to that experience was it you know very mental at the beginning and then it carried over to like cause kind of physical ailments because it had been going on for so long or or how was that kind of that like evolution yeah so it it definitely starts it's definitely psychological right it's it's a mixture of, um, I, I suffer from body dysmorphia. There's obsessive thinking in there, you know. Um, but uh, I, uh, it, it was just, a, it's a massive discomfort. It's a, it's, it's a psychological effect where um, after I consumed food, a lot of the time, I would just feel massive discomfort. Uh, and uh, yeah, it, it became very physical. Then suddenly, it you know, it's a really uh, abrasive action to do to your body, right? Yep. So it caused... And so to, you know. going from that point to, all right, I really want to go try to create something that kind of addresses antacid um, and maybe some of the symptoms that you were going through personally, like how does... How does that come together? Is it kind of like immediate or do you have to go through some other entrepreneurial experiences or operating experiences that lead you to it? Or how does that, how does that work? Yeah. So there were, there were several different experiences in my life that sort of led up to this. Um, I had definitely worn the cap as an entrepreneur um, before this and really enjoyed the process of building a brand. Um, but the one thing I found out very fast was it needed to be something uh, surrounding something that I either loved, knew a lot about, but something I just organically would wake up every day wanting to be involved in and wanting to 
be surrounded by. Um, and I've been taking antacids on a daily basis for ever since I was probably 15 years old. Um, I've had a, you know, a bottle of Tums in my pocket um, for about 15 years. And so I know that product. I know it very well. Uh, I, and it just became a, a very, if, if, if I can do this, um, I would want to use this product. Yep. And so let's dive into the, the Tums experience. Like why, why is, you know, why is Tums problematic to potentially be taking and being super reliant on generally? Like what are big companies kind of doing to like address and acid that Wonderbelly, I guess, is trying to do different and kind of like igniting from an, from a mission perspective. Yeah. So, and real quick, we're going to have to edit just an aside that I probably should have said before. Um, we have to be really careful about like the, the pharmaceutical brand names. Yeah. That, right. So I'm going to, I'm going to have to tread lightly. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, you know, I, Tums for me, there were, there were several things that um, I always thought that I, I would like to be different. Uh, the taste was never something I looked forward to. Mm -hmm. uh, there, like nobody's ever asked for a Tums flavored X. Um, yeah. So for me, it was something that I had to endure to achieve relief. Um, and uh, I figured you know, if we are creating this new product, um, one thing we could really do besides, uh, you know, changing the, the ingredients is changing the flavor. I, what if we created something that actually you really enjoyed taking, um, to achieve that relief? And what if relief was something that you really look forward to the process of, of gaining relief? And we could do that through flavor. Um, so that was a big thing for us. We we focused a lot on making sure the flavors were great, um, but also uh, interesting and not just sort of the bland, you know, cherry or because medicine with flavor, it's famous for being bad. It's yeah, know, medicinal cherry, all of that. Yeah, I literally it, thought of like this. I thought of cherry syrup. Like that was the exactly exactly the that comes to yeah. mind. Gotcha. Yeah. And so. You have Tums, you had like Zantac, I guess, if you wanted to go like kind of, I think more like prescription, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. And so, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, we've had, we have friends over at Genexa and their focus on top of like, you know, brand has also just been kind of cleaning up some of these ingredients that aren't really needed that probably are in there kind of to drive, drive down costs um, to be as profitable as possible. Um, is there also a huge focus on ingredients or is it like, let's really just destigmatize this kind of consumer problem with branding and flavor, um, and kind of positioning the brand in a way that appeals to like a consumer in a less stuffy way. I would say ingredients are definitely the main driver of this product. Um, mm -hmm. uh, it's for me, uh, was, that was ultimately the most important thing, uh, just because it's a product I take literally on a daily basis uh, i take several other products accompanying it but uh and you know calcium carbonate antacid i i've been taking my entire life and so i wanted to uh have ingredients listed on the back that met my preferences um uh that were closer to being uh non-gmo or um 
vegans, uh, clean label certified, those kind of products. And it's really difficult to find in, in the OTC category, but it is something you can find pretty prevalent in supplements. And uh, I realized, you know, if it's achievable in OTC, um, why have more companies done this? And so that's what we really set out to do with with our first product, Wonderbelly Antacid. So I've seen some brands um, go pretty early at scale into CVS and Walgreens and kind of these retail premises where, where drugs are commonly sold and bought. And then I've also seen some brands really build patiently on a DTC model, like, you know, you could say a Harry's, for example. And then once brand awareness really reaches a certain threshold, then kind of build up mass distribution and drug and retail and so on. Where do you guys kind of lie within that kind of array of, of kind of different strategies? Well, I'm glad you asked because we're at a really exciting, interesting moment. When we launched, we had a very clear roadmap ahead of us. Um, being a medicine, we require a high quotient of trust and credibility, especially for going up against brands that have been on the market for 90 years. And the way I, I talk about it is, you know, your grandparents have a lot of these brands in their medicine cabinet, your parents, and then you, it's, you know, these brands. Mm -hmm. um, so being a new entrant, you really have to build that trust and that connection. So we used, uh, D to C initially as a vehicle to gain that exposure, that awareness, recognition, and ultimately the the trust um, and credibility that we need to then hit the shelves and compete with these these massive pharmaceutical brands. Um, and we were able to achieve that much quicker than we initially anticipated. When we launched, we did get a lot of attention. And ultimately, this is a product. Antacids, most medicine are, are products you buy in store. Um, they're not products that if you're feeling a symptom, you're thinking, you know, I'll, I'll buy this in, in two days. You, you usually need it, it then and now. Mm -hmm. um, and usually there are things you throw in your cart as you're, as you're motoring along. Yeah. Um, so we also needed to match with, with consumer behavior. So we are moving into retail in a very big way, very exciting way. I can't necessarily at this moment announce yeah. what that looks like, but um, we're very excited for 2023. What's it like starting a company with your brother? It's amazing. It's, it's incredible, both um, from uh, a professional perspective, but also just from um, a relationship perspective. So when we were younger, we definitely had the older brother, younger brother dynamic of, <laughs> you know, I, I, I may have received um, a few too many nuggies. Uh, but uh, as we grew up, there just became this point where I was like, wait, we're, we're no longer children. You're, we're, we're adults. We're definitely seeing eye to eye far, far more than uh, we ever have. And so um, when we started to really identify that we fit together really well in a professional setting. He's extremely business oriented, um, extremely strategic, tactical. I'm very much a, a creative, very much head in the clouds. Um, mm -hmm. We complement each other really well. We started to try to find a way we could work together. So before Wonderbelly, we had actually been working on several different projects together. And that was phenomenal because through those several projects, we really got to understand how can we communicate both as brothers, but also as co-workers? Um, and it was an amazing exercise in just communication. Uh, and we've gotten to a, a place that it's it's really fluid. And it's really great because we understand each other on a much deeper level uh, 
than if it was a friend or even just somebody purely connected through um, the work environment. That's awesome. That's really cool to hear. And are there like, I mean, obviously Noah spent a lot of his career doing Dapper. Um, what are, are there any learnings he kind of took away that you guys have brought into like the building Wonderbelly, Wonderbelly's business that have been like valuable um, based off the Dapper kind of experience? Yeah, yeah. So just, you know, for quick context, my brother is is my my co-founder, but he's uh he came uh from the tech industry. He had a company called Doppler Labs. They did amazing things uh in Silicon Valley and built um sort of like the first the world's first smart headphone. Um uh he definitely brought a a really exciting um sort of innovative mentality into into the space, but also into Wonderbelly. Um, tech moves really fast. It yeah. was a really interesting thing to watch him come from this really fast paced environment and industry into pharmaceuticals, which arguably is one of the slowest pace moving <laughs> uh, industries there are. Um, so uh, we definitely take some of the, the iterative and the innovative aspects of tech and try to apply it to pharmaceuticals. Mm -hmm. um, while respecting the pace that we have to move at because there is no rushing in this. You can't rush a medicine. It needs to be great. It needs to be actually perfect. Yeah. Um, and so uh, there is a, a lot of aspects that we do apply um, some of the learnings from the tech industry because there are a lot of really antiquated aspects of the pharmaceutical industry that can use some updating. Yeah. And so for, from like an OTC perspective with medicine, like, is that like what is the FDA certification that you're going for? Is there like FDA monitored, FDA regulated, FDA approved, or like is it kind of the Wild West like supplements? No, uh, we're so OTC uh, has to meet much stricter uh, regulatory requirements than supplements, and we are OTC, um, and so we are FDA regulated, whereas supplements aren't. Uh, um, and what that what that looks like is uh, basically we have uh, we have certain ingredient requirements and uh, need to clinically prove basically that our product is effective. It does allow us to make certain health claims that you can't as a supplement, but um, it does also hold us to a, a much higher standard. Got it. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting too because I feel like there is still a gray area with like supplements kind of offering some of the same functional benefits that an OTC medicine might offer. But I guess like if you go into the drug channel and like, you really are like just strictly marketing yourself as solving like a, a true medical kind of like issue or need, then like, I guess that's where you might as well be very safe from a regulatory perspective and go through the like pain that it must kind of be in terms of getting that FDA um, oversight and regulation regulatory approval. Um, one question I have, cause you know, right now today, and people will be listening to this in a few months, probably, but it's, it's January 27th, 2023. Um, it is a really, really challenging environment for capital raising in the early stage for founders. I think you guys closed to see it a little while back. Mm -hmm. Um, would love to just hear like what that experience is, what experience was like. Um, and just generally like any learnings kind of from that process that, that you could share today. Yeah, no, of course. So it has been a really interesting, uh, experience sort of when we started to raise 
to now, um, just how the markets have changed and just investor outlook has changed. But we definitely uh, came to the table initially with something really special. And what we were really, what was really fortunate for us is that was recognized in in these meetings that we were having. Um, it, that we were getting into a space that hadn't had much innovation or change in decades. Um, mm -hmm. And that was really exciting. That is really exciting um, to a lot of people. So we were fortunate to to really be able to identify that early on and have other partners that we were able to find um, see what we see. And that was that was what was most important is is making sure there's alignment in that respect um, that who you because our you know our investors they're our partners um, uh, and uh, we we want to make sure that uh, we have we're seeing eye to eye and and we're both looking at the exact same road ahead and. Um, and that was, yeah, that's how we went about it. And, uh, it, you know, raising is raising, but uh, we we made it out and we're, we're, we're rocketing forward and it's really exciting. Yeah. I also just, when I reflect on, I'm kind of Wonderbelly, it's just, uh, it's rare in consumer. I feel like you find a category that really is like untapped from an innovation perspective. Like, you know, it's kind of those, those categories that you would say are quote unquote boring, um, are often the best to kind of try and go disrupt and also often the most difficult. Like there's probably a reason why people haven't wanted to take on Johnson and Johnson and kind yeah. of these other behemoths, but it's like, it's refreshing to talk with a founder and feel like you were really like taking on, I would say like an untapped industry from an entrepreneurship perspective. So that's, that to me makes like this particular idea, um, exciting. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. And that was, that was something that was really encouraging early on is, Funny enough, I was really attracted to the um, I, I I'm not going to try to think of another way to say this, but the the lack of sexiness. Yeah, um, that was really interesting to me. Uh, and um, in some way, the challenge of can we make antacids cool? Um, yeah, yeah, that was a really fun and exciting experiment and test and challenge that uh, I, I'd like to think we we succeeded at. But um yeah it's it it is also really great to sort of follow this narrative the david and goliath sort of story totally. um, yeah yeah i mean for sure i'm i'm honestly excited to see like similar kind of founders going after on sexy categories like you know i i was hearing mike duda talk about like a lawn care company that they're super like yeah. excited about and then like I was reading about Jolie the other day, you know, like this, this removable shower head that filtrates your water. Like these are just like, they're really different ways of thinking. Um, and I think that's really at this stage and like in this market, what's going to get a lot of investors excited and consumer, it has to really be like pretty unique because if it's a category that, that has already been like tapped into from an entrepreneurial perspective, it's probably not, it's probably extremely fragmented at this point. Um, so I just I just asked where can our listeners uh, learn more about Wonderbelly? Um, so right now, Wonderbelly.com. We're also on Thrive Market and Amazon. Um, we are in the process of really building out this educational aspect of Wonderbelly, um, not just the brand, but as I sort of alluded to at the beginning, this um, mission to destigmatize digestive health issues and issues surrounding digestive health, um, like eating disorders and talking about it in a vulnerable way. That's something that we really want to start promoting. So 
Um, we're going to be putting out a lot of content on our, our Instagram, our TikTok around that. And uh, 2023 is going to be a really exciting year for, for Wonderbelly content. Awesome, man. I'm pumped to hear that. Pumped to follow and, uh, and watch the content and keep watching your crush. It's really, really great to chat today and uh, appreciate the time. Yeah, thanks so much. Really appreciate it. Have a great one. All right. Today's episode is brought to you by our newest partner, Element. Element is a tasty electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing you don't. That means a science-backed electrolyte ratio with none of the junk, no sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no gluten, no fillers, no BS. I've personally been using Element for nearly six months now daily, and it's not only the cleanest hydration powder in terms of function, but I love the taste, especially the citrus and watermelon flavors. Element supports a low-carb lifestyle and will boost your performance and recovery regardless of if you're a serious athlete or a weekend warrior. So head to drinkelement.com slash subscribing to wellness. That's drinklmnt.com slash subscribing to wellness for a special introductory deal on your first order. You won't regret it. Thanks everyone for listening to today's episode. Feel free to rate, review, and share the podcast. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to wellness. If you'd like to sponsor us, please see the supporter link in our podcast bio. We hope everyone has a great rest of week filled with wellness and we'll see you next time. Thank you.